Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Now listen, this is one of the top rated segments on The Source because we go in with nothing else but Jesus and a wing and a prayer in these streets. Kia Harris Carr is the president and founder of Beautiful Faces Foundation, a nonprofit organization that supports those affected by any type of cancer or domestic violence. As a cancer advocate, speaker, and philanthropist, she formed the foundation after her own battle with both breast and ovarian cancer, diagnosed within weeks of each other. She is a contributing author to the 2018 released Pink Sister Chronicles, Perfectly Imperfect, Beautiful Faces Foundation's mission, is, which is to advocate, ed- educate, empower, and inspire. That's where I first saw her was the Tracy Bio. I kept saying, where did I meet this lady from? Uh, let her in. Uh, she's, is she in? Uh, still waiting for Kia. She said, she said, give her two to three minutes. She'll be logging in. And Kia also had a stroke uh, before she turned 30. So we were going to get her on to talk about some of these things today, right? Sharice Ifax, girl, as a mother, lover, and agent for change with a passion for showcasing the magic of Black women and the beauty of Black love, Sharice seeks to demystify the stereotype that Black women can have it all and do it with style, class, and grace. And so this is our love is segment. We're going to talk about love, relationships, communications. Um, Kia, uh, there she is. How are you? Um, um, you know, I have a new respect for you waking up the time you wake up every morning live radio. <laughs> Lag Jesus. Every morning. And I have to get up at three o'clock so that I can be on the air at five o'clock, sparkling and pretty for all of you. Bless your soul. <laughs> Happy birthday, dearest. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, I'm going to start the segment this way. My mother uh, was very sick in March of, no, March 5th, I was in Chicago. I just need you all to know how the universe works, how God works, uh, you know, how life is centered and things will fall into place for you, whether you believe it or not in the moment. I am in Chicago. I post a picture of, I I didn't even say where I was, but you know, Chicago's architecture tells on itself. Kia called me and she says, I am in Chicago too. Where are you? She said, I said, blah, 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 blah. She comes to the hotel where I am. I had just gotten the call that my mother was rushed to the hospital. I'm talking to Kia. She says, you need anything? I do this, this, this. I didn't know. I didn't know what Kia did. Let me just, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm hearing about feedback. I didn't know what the hell Kia did. I just didn't. Right. Because she that we had been talking um, and we just she and I are really good this way. We don't ever talk about what we do and who we are. We just meet as sisters and let our hearts do the work. She said, if you ever need anything, call me. All right. Boom. Left Chicago, flew to where my mother was. And the hospital was giving me such Angela. I thought my Angela, I thought my my younger sister was going to burn it to the ground. Literally. So I literally, literally, I call Kia and I said, Kia, this is what's going on. Kia then calls me and says, I'm getting on a plane. I'm coming to you. I said, say what? 
she got on the plane and came and sat with us. She sat, she met with my, my parents, uh, my mother's team of doctors, got them all together because she said, you know, whether this woman is going to live or not, it's the way you're treating her that makes uh-huh. all the difference. And I need you all to get it together so that the family can know what's happening. I need you to report back to me. Them doctors were calling Kia every hour on the hour when she went back home and was like, this is what's going on. This is where she is. And when we made the decision that my mother was going to go into palliative care, Kia was right there. Wow. I come back home. It's a true story. I come back home. I'm falling apart. You know, everybody's doing what they need to do. Kia reaches out to me in like June or July. She says, I know this is terrible and all the stuff that's going on. She said, but as a woman, I need a break. That is how them 50 women came together. It was Kia. Kia was like, I need a break, Marvel. Can we figure it out? I said, girl, and I'm driving down the street with uh, Denise and I stopped my car and I picked up the phone and called Seven Springs. I said, listen, I got a group of women that needs to come up and 12 women, we're supposed to be 12 of y'all, turned into 50. That's how Kia then met Cherie because she was one of those 50 women. I'm trying to tell you, the universe, God works in ways that you all would not believe. And now we're all intricately intertwined as sisters um, even long after they came out of those mountains, they're still meeting each other and talking to one another and helping each other because each of those 50 women had something in their lives that could impact and help another sister. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. My husband had surgery yesterday. Miss Kia shows up at 5.35. We were in there, me and Kia, Janelle, and she made me, I felt so much better. Because I understood she knew the medical jargon. They understood she knew the medical jargon because she was walking back into the lounge going, so such and such and such. And now you're going to test the margins and blah, 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 blah. And they were like, okay, she understood. So we got such great hair. Good morning to the both of you. I love you dearly. I do. I'm so grateful. So grateful. Grateful, Cherie, that you opened up yourself and said, I come on your show. You are learning as I am learning as we've talked over the last couple of years. Grateful to you, Kia. Um, you know, you didn't, ex- she, and Kia never went on air online and said anything. It was me. I was like, I need to tell you who was helping me with my mother. Cause I'm telling you, we were burning us. I'm telling you hospital was about to be cinder and ashes. Right. And someone who worked for that same hospital system, that was a dear friend of mine growing up in, in Jamaica. I called her and she never showed up. She was 45 minutes away. So sometimes, you know, it's not the people that you think are going to show up that you want to show up. Sometimes it's the people who go get on the plane and can find you without saying, and didn't charge me a dime. Akia was like, I just want to come help your mother. She, my mother was talking to her in the middle of the night, fussing. <laughs> we will not say what my mother had said. <laughs> It was so funny. But my father will never forget you. My sisters will never forget you for that random, wonderful act of kindness. So when you called and said you needed a break, it was the easiest thing to do to call and get those 50 women up there for all of you. This morning, we are going to talk about why we don't have conversations about our health and wellness, not with Joe Public, but with each other, with our spouses. And what that means when we don't tell the truth, right? Our spouses think we're okay. And, 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 and what does submission look like within our relationships? Because we see submission as a cuss word, especially in the black community. Let's go. Fahim, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Kia, let's start with you and then we'll go into Sheree and we'll, we'll keep going. Well, good morning, Sheree. Good morning, Fahim. I am so happy to have this conversation um, with all of you. While we sat yesterday, uh, one of the conversations that we had amongst those of us that were present yesterday was from the time that 
Mr. decided to publicly share his diagnosis with Word listeners and Andrea's show against the number of people that had open moments that said, wow, me too. Uh, and, and I need to talk too, and I need to share too, and this is helping me too. And so we started talking about um, one of the things that we don't talk about amongst ourselves and even growing up in our, in our households, we don't talk about health and we don't talk about money. Why not? Why aren't we telling? We know that grandma had sugar. We don't know what sugar is. We don't know how high it was. You hear the church ladies sharing stories about their health. You know, you hear different things. You know that so-and-so was sick and this person was sick, but we don't zone in on how we heal as a community. That being said, we got into the relationship specifically about uh, marital relationships and what we openly share from a healthcare perspective. And some of the things that we heard was like, wow, really? This is the person that you snore in their face every night, but you hesitate at telling them major life changing things. I'm not sure why we're in that space. And then we got into a conversation about submission. And traditionally, Sheree, I remember a couple of segments ago, you talked about this very thing from a different perspective and how we view and receive even hearing the word submission in a marriage, in a relationship. A lot of people get this mentality that it's like Ike and Tina. Oh, he's not going to rule me. You're not bossing me around. I'm not, I'm not telling him how much money's in my bank account. This, 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 and that. Why do we have that mindset? And so what I said at the table yesterday is the way I view submission is an open trust with your partner. It means that you trust that person enough to open up to them and say, I have cancer. I have this, I have a a mark on my arm or my breast feels weird, or uh, I don't feel like, um, let's be transparent. Sexually, I don't feel like I'm performing at the same level. Something is off. Mm -hmm. And so with the fear of this, this is a sacred space in a marriage and in a relationship, call it what you want. You can call your mate, whatever you want. Um, but, But to the person that you are connected to at that level, Something has to change with how we see that submission of self, because if the person that you sleep with every night doesn't know that you have something that could potentially take you out, but they fear telling you for the response and or rejection that they may receive, we're doing something majorly wrong in in connecting in our relationships. Amen. Sheree, do you want to add to that? And if he want to add to that? So good morning, Word family. Happy New Year. Uh, happy birthday, Queen Mother. Thank you. It is National Diva Day. And how appropriate the first show, Love is Segment, is on your birthday. Yes. The universe makes no mistakes. No. Um, you know, because um, we historically in our communities don't communicate, I think we take that behavior into relationships. I think it's one of many of the reasons why I appreciate being married at a more mature age, because I believe when we're young, we still haven't shed a lot of, you got a lot of people married that are almost like strangers because they don't share information. And I think youth breeds that because we were seen and not heard. You know, children couldn't come into the living room or, or whatever all the things are that we have historically our ancestors 
to create, whether it was respect or, you know, because at least in America, they were maybe first generation from enslaved people and, you know, all the traumatic things that, you know, because there was a lot of shame, even in enslaved people. Now, you know, me, me and me and Andrea married and our child looks like Barack. You know, good and well, that that's not me and Andrea's child. Right. That wasn't spoken of, right? Mm. Because you can't say it's master, master child. One, because, you know, master's not claiming that child. Right. Two, because the man is more than likely embarrassed that his yes. wife What's has been race? having relations or yeah, been raped by master. And now this man has to claim this child and treat this child like it's his own. Knowing good and well, they are directly from the continent and that child cannot look like that. Right. So there's back to these traumatic um, experiences that we've had in our DNA and we continue in a lot of ways. And I think we're breaking some of that cycle, but those, those, those ways continue in our relationships. So what I do appreciate about being married at a later time in my life is that I would shed a lot of inability to have real conversations. I shed a lot of shame. I don't care what you think about me. You don't, you don't know this about me. I mean, and my husband and I had a really interesting experience right before it's, you know, sometimes God tests how a man loves you health wise. Um, that some men may not have been able to handle, but Tracy front and center. And so um, that is the whole purpose and, and a lot of why we talk about that healing process because that healing process, healing of yourself is the thing that gives you your voice. It gives you that disposition of, I don't really you know care what people think. I'm, I need to have this conversation. And so... Um, you know, you're able to to have those conversations. So that's the first part. The submission piece, oh my goodness, like it's so easy for me to submit. It, it, one, because I just, some, I think that's divine order. You know, I, I just do. I think it's divine order, but not in a way in which I'm inferior. I'm not inferior at all just because I give respect and submission to my husband. And that has become such a bad word, like you said, um, Kia, because we have been taught that in some way, shape, or form that gives the man the upper hand or gives him some power over us or what have you. And really, it is just, I trust in his leadership. I trust in his headship. It is not without, I threw, Tracy and I were on a platform and he said, I submit to her too. Right. I was just about to say, it's an open heart Submission. for all of us. Yes. Both ways. Absolutely. It goes both ways. He leans into me for the things that I I can do and I lean into him. But overall, he is the head of our household. He is the head of our household. And I'm and I'm I'm okay with that. I don't want that. <laughs> and 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 we have a hard time when we do our vows. I'm not doing richer or poorer, sickness and in hell till like what? When, when did we get to that place where we don't understand that life is cyclical? Yes, there's gonna come a time where you may be eating a can of beans. Okay, and this is why divorces are happening because I didn't sign up for this. What, what did you not sign up for? Did you just sign up for the 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 the, the 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 better and not the worse? Did you sign up for the 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 the, the health and not the sickness? Uh, yeah. My husband and I have been very transparent, and one of the things that I loved about him that I knew 
he was going to be the John for me. Yes, I said the John. John. The very first conversation we had as a couple, a week after he said, I would love to date you. He said, come on, I need to sit down and talk to you. There's some things you need to know. He opened up his heart and shared some stuff that people would have held on to for years. Years. I was like, black Jesus. Yeah, yes. And as he was sharing, I was like, I felt comfortable in opening my heart. When I say we like each other, we like each other because everything is on the table. It wasn't, no, let me just keep a secret and not tell you. When he started experiencing issues, he says, babe, I'm going to the urologist. Well, I'm coming. Urologist was so shocked to see my black behind. I said, you're going to, I'm going to sit right here as you do the examination. I'm going to sit right in here because I want to hear. I recorded everything they said. I listened, I asked questions, and they were stunned, right? But that's because we have an open trust with our partners, with each other, so we could have those kinds of conversations. I'm finding way too often that's not happening. And it's men and women. We have to let go of the facade that everything has to be everything, right? And and trust me, I just had a conversation with somebody in their 70s who didn't tell their wife that they were sick until they were so sick that the wife had to find out. Hmm. So it's still happening. Right. There has to be something that can happen because, as Brian Dunlop says, we are showing up in the hospital in dire straits because we refuse to have the conversation. We refuse to get loved on and to be checked. Fahim, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, you can jump in. The John. Yes, Monica, he's the John. Yes, I said the John. <laughs> when we come back, Fahim will jump in and we'll add more to this. You are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We're talking grown stuff, grown-ish up in here, the Love Is segment. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to The Source on WURD, progressive black talk media, on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host, Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m., it's the Diva National Holiday. Yes, it is. It's my birthday. And the conversation today is hot as you hot. That's H-A-W-T, hot, because we're about to go in. Ah, conversations are coming. Fahim, how would you like to add to this, my my sir? Um, okay, well, with the, the issue of um, partners not wanting to tell you that something's going on when, when they're sick, uh, part, part of me wonders if it's the, the fact that that telling your telling your spouse makes it real. Because, you know, when, when you hear bad news like that, you, you know, you're kind of like in a combination of denial and just kind of disbelief. And I think, uh, you know, the first time when you have to tell somebody out loud, I have cancer, or I have <laughs> this, you know, it just makes the situation real. So it could just be just, you know, just the, the person kind of shying away from, you know, once once I tell them it's now reality and, you know, we have to go through whatever uh, steps are are doing the future and then and, and the other half could be uh you know wor- worried about um how they'll be treated like you know worrying about if, if 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 they're gonna treat me different or look at me different like you know if every time she sees me is she gonna see a sick person now like you know are we not is she not gonna want to do things with me anymore go you know go out and have fun because she's just gonna be constantly worried about me being sick so you know so it it, it could be be a combination of that stuff um with uh, the submission topic, I think uh, Kia hit it on the head that um, it's it's really about defining what submission is in your in your relationship. Um, 
I, I think uh, the, the stigma is you automatically think of like cooking and cleaning. You know, right. <laughs> like when, when you say submit like, to a man, what? like you got an arm of draws and also like, and that's that's not <laughs> what it is. And, and uh, yeah, right. and, and I, I think. Because I'm married to a man who right, irons right. Yeah, I, think, I, I think society kind of skewed what, what submission is because of the fact, because, you know, back, back in the days of like our, our parents and our grandparents, that was it was common and that was natural to submit to your husband. But then we went through like the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, like the, the women empowerment movement where, mm-hmm. you know, the, it was it was a very heavy push on like the strong, independent woman. And, you know, you had your Waiting to Exhale movies come out and your Tyler Perry movies come out where in every Tyler Perry movie is the storyline of the the woman, you know, fighting back against the man that's been, you know, doing her wrong and holding her down. So, like, every every uh, woman developed this this hardened mindset, which, you know, uh, the, the the independence and the strength is, 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 of course, a good thing, but they took it into their, their relationships and Next thing you know, you had two people fighting to be the man of the house. And shit, Corporal Moore. A, a word yeah. on today. Yeah. And I told you this was one folk-ish. <laughs> and, and these were called right. the streets. And I and I agree with Kia that to, to me, submission means uh to me it's just uh another Open way of saying trust with your partner. Yeah, tr- yes. trust and respect. Like if, if I come to you and I and I say this is a decision that I want to make that I think is gonna be in the betterment of our household, do you trust me? to make this decision and, 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 and follow me in it. If, if I come to you, like, say you have a male friend that you've been friends with for a while. If I come to you and I say, Hey, Hey, uh, babe, I understand this is your, your friend, but I'm a little uncomfortable with, uh, the relationship dynamics. Like, are you, are you going to be like, well, that's my friend deal with it. Or are you going to respect me to tell, to tell your friend, Hey, we need to talk about the, the, the boundaries of our friendship. You know what I mean? Yes. Like so, t- to me, it's just it's just trust and respect. That, I, you know, I I appreciate that because I remember when I was my husband don't care who comes up and talks to me. There was this one brother. He said that one right there. He said I'm sitting in the corner and I'm watching. He is disrespectful in the way he crowds over you. I I don't appreciate that. One time and listen <laughs> and I I was like all right, babe. I didn't because I was just having a regular conversation. I didn't even see what my husband saw. But you have to trust that your, your mate sees something, mm-hmm. some things in, that you can't see. Um, fight, uh, uh, Kia, you had a story you wanted to share. Let the people know. Buckle up, y'all. I want to. I want to take you all a bit deeper to the transparency and the openness of trust in submission. I am a three-time cancer survivor. At one point, my most recent surgery was a total hysterectomy. When you think about, and, and this, this story is not about me, I'm sharing this story to get to a point that sharing saves lives. Nobody is physically closer to you than your mate. Your mate should be detecting things that you might miss. Why, why didn't your mate tell you, babe, you know what? This breast doesn't feel the same. And trust that you're not going to be, what do you mean? What are you talking about? It's not, we, we have to get a dialogue going that this isn't about, oh, well, he told me to go to the doctor, so I have permission to go to the doctor and I have a hall pass now to go to the doctor. It's not that. It's, we both recognize that something's not right. I'm telling you that something's not right. With my breast cancer diagnosis, I had pain in my arm, in my underarm. That's how it started. And I kept saying to my husband, my arm doesn't feel right. And he said, have you made an appointment yet? 
Have you gotten yourself into the, the office yet? And so it became an, an immediate. We'll talk to our girlfriends about it. We'll talk. To, we'll post it on social media. But we have this exclusive hush agreement that we don't want anybody in our business. Where does that come from? Being married and being in a committed relationship is all about somebody being in your business. And so until we get out of the mindset of, I don't want anybody in my business, he's going to look at me differently. First of all, if you are connected to somebody that you fear how that person is going to receive your physical because you're going through something uncontrolled, then I will go as far enough to say, maybe perhaps you should reconsider who you are saying I do to or who you are sharing a bed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and I totally agree. Um, so when Tracy and I first started dating, um, we went on a road trip. Prior to that, I had been having somewhat irregular um, cycles, um, really heavy, but nothing that was alarming, just things that I was like, oh, I'm getting older. And so, you know, I'm self-diagnosing as we do. Um, and so we go to North Carolina. We're on a road trip because it's the pandemic and um, it was October. So Tracy and I what met online March, April, met in person, May. So this is October. And we are at the hotel and we wake up. And when I tell you, we woke up like, does everybody remember the Godfather where they put the, the um, horse head in the bed? Mm-hmm. That is how we woke up. Wow. Now, I was startled, obviously, because I, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. He was startled because obviously, that, but he was like, what's going on? You need to go to the doctor. And I found, that's how I found out I had fibroids. Mm-hmm. Had never known, didn't know, had a heavy, heavy cycle. I have heard stories from women that said men have shamed them, shunned them because maybe they started their perioding by something on their couch or on their car or whatever. And it was a natural thing that I could not control, but it was what helped me understand that I have fibroids. And, you know, a couple of years later, just after not being able to control them, I had surgery. And my husband was the one calling the doctor. And he wasn't even my husband at the time. But to your point, Kia, he showed me in that moment why he is my husband today, because it was not even about shame or I can't believe you bled all over the place or whatever. We're women of certain ages, and there are things that are naturally going to happen. Men of certain ages, there are things that are going to naturally happen. And if we don't have a spouse that has compassion that we can share with, you know, that was really um, a, a breaking a, a breakthrough for us. And not and not that we hadn't had those had conversations. We just hadn't had a reason to at the time, and we were early in the relationship. But his whole way of how he handled me is the way that he handles everything from my mother dying to my daughter having postpartum depression to all the things. So I've been fortunate in being able to share, but I have heard stories of women who have been in that situation who have not been able to share or who have been embarrassed because their bodies are changing and changing. I want to, I want to speak to that, speak to that from speaking to our female listeners that are here today as well. And one of the things that we said during the break was having, I, I think that goes on both sides. And so while we have an expectation to be received, however we are coming to our mate, as women, sometimes we miss the mark of checkpoints with our husbands as well. And I don't mean accompanying him to an appointment per se, 
But just saying, if, if we can talk about money, did you take out the trash? Did you pay the light bill? Did you did you put gas in my car? Uh, uh, did you buy so-and-so this? Why can't you say, babe, how are you feeling? Mm. Or I noticed, um, mm. I noticed something different. You know, I noticed your breathing is different when you're sleeping. Mm. I noticed that um, you're taking a little longer to do X, Y, Z. Or how are you feeling? Just in, in having a checkpoint. And so I encourage every person that is in a relationship to have a checkpoint. And, and let's go a little bit beyond just our significant other relationships. Why aren't we asking our parents? Why don't we know what's going on with our parents until we're, we're carrying them to an emergency room? Because nobody asked mom, mom, what's really going on? Nobody took the time to have mom's med list or find out that dad has gout and he's, he's not, he's having a flare up or, or this is what's going on. And so we have to really get away from what we're not telling. Sharing saves lives. Mm-hmm. And there is no shame. There is no shame. And even if the initial thought is, wow, even if, even if you're a partner shares something with you that you're not expecting, mm-hmm. and the initial thought might be, geez, how are we going to deal with that? Mm-hmm. That is not the time to give that part to your mate. Right. Sometimes we just have to know when us mm-hmm. and not say anything. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. just be, be that soundboard. You know, yeah. because I, I think getting out sometimes is the hardest part, like navigating what to do as a next step. Is sometimes not the hardest part. It's being on the same page so that you can figure out what's next. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Laverne Cheeseborough wrote, she says, Kia, when my grandmother got sick and had to have a hysterectomy, my grandfather told her she would be no good. The decision is not to not share is deep rooted. My husband had to go uh, to a whole new school of health class with me. It, you know, it's, it, it is something that is deep-seated yeah. in our communities, right? Um, no one said anything negative to me after my husband shared because they all know better in these Wakanda streets. And I got that man's back, left side, front, and his prostate. Let me just tell you. Let's just call it what it is, right? And so I remember when my mother passed. Well, first of all, my mother, my father sent uh, her medical records to my sister and her husband, who are medical first doctors and nurses, and they looked at her record and was like, oh, hell, we all got to come and see about her. Because based on what we had seen, we were like, she's in crisis. And we, you know, because she kept saying, oh, the doctor says I'm fine. The doctor says I'm fine. And she had told the doctor, don't you tell them. She, the doctor didn't even tell my father. But he got a hold of her stuff and sent it. So you have to, as a, also as a family unit, to make sure that you're having these necessary conversations. When my husband was going through something else, I said, your breathing is different. What's happening? I'm listening to you in the way you swallow. And he was like, well, such as I was looking at him. I said, oh, so we got to deal with this too. Okay. <laughs> right. But we, what we do is we figure it out and we go and we work through the stuff and we go, all right, we're going to deal with this first. Then we're going to deal with this second. Then we're going to do same thing with me. I was like, babe, I got to go get a mammogram. I told Kia, she said, all right, we're going to make your mammogram appointment so you can go. Cause I've been putting all these other things off because mama died, husband sick, all the other things. So I have to remember to take care of myself too. Yes. I am being transparent y'all so yes. you can understand that this is a thing. This is a real this is a real thing. And so in the middle of taking care of other people, we have to remember to take a deep breath and to take care of ourselves. Who, yes. Fahim, you heard a whole lot. <laughs> what would you, what else would you like to add to this? No, y- y'all are right on the money. I'm just sitting here listening like I'm a member of the audience here. <laughs> <laughs> 
because it is true. Imagine being diagnosed with cancer three times. Imagine if you don't have the kind of mate. And I've met Kia's husband. He's just as sweet and smooth. They call him Mr. Uh, Mr. Man. What do they, they call your husband? Man. 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 And they call my husband Mr. So Mr. Man came together and was, you know, we're at the car show. But imagine having a husband. You tell your husband you've been diagnosed with cancer, not once, not twice, but three. A lot of people can't deal. So you have to, before you get into a relationship, work on your shiggity. Work on yourself. Work on the things that you're bringing. Sharia and I talk about this all the time. This is not about somebody coming to make you whole. You have to be a whole person walking into the relationship, being able to have the conversations that you need to have. Because what you're going to do is transfer your insecurities and the stuff that you've never dealt with on the person that's coming in. And so you're going, well, I, I, men and women, I, can't, I don't understand why I can't get married. Look in the mirror. I don't understand why nobody can say, look in the mirror. I don't understand. Look in the God diggity dang mirror. Okay. This is why it's not about God just not sending you your mate yet. It's not about none of those things. It's about what have you not done? What are the things that make you so stiff necked that you believe that God is going to send you somebody to accept you just as you are right where you are, even when you have stuff that you have to work on because you don't, you don't feel like it should be. We have to have these conversations. It's necessary in our communities. It is very necessary and 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 also getting away from there is no pride in yeah. the transparency of love yeah. and so if we get away from that pridefulness of oh i have to be i'm i'm the man or i have to you know i'm going to be less than his woman if i say this or expose this if you have any idea what that looks like getting away from that pride and and why aren't we having these conversations i remember when we were dating you know when you're dating somebody you ask all these questions you want to know what they do what their background is uh what failed in their last relationship who is ever asking what's your health meter when's right. the last time you've been std tested because that's a whole yes. nother discussion. okay uh -huh. when's the last time you had a mammogram women of a certain age i'm quite sure there are tons of people that are technically mammogram age but if you're dating someone did he ask well when's the last time you had your life it, it seems like an odd question like why is he asking me that but right. why aren't we asking these questions yes yeah, yeah. and i think about you being, know go ahead oh no i was just saying I, i'm also thinking about like being fair to your part and when you keep like something serious from them like that because you know when it gets to the point where you're now physically sick so you know you have to tell them like you, you can't hide it anymore i'm just like think about how your partner's feeling like you know because this is somebody that loves you and cares about you and like so you've been going through this like on your own like i would have been there with you i would have went to your appointments i would have helped you like you're, you're you're making the person feel uh helpless or, or, or like they they failed you because it's 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 uh you know your job as as partners to take care of each other and it, so you gotta think about you know, in the event that something, you know, if the if the worst outcome does happen, you know, at least your your partner can feel like, you know, they were there with you through the process. They, you know, they they did all they could as opposed to one day, you know, yeah, I've, I've been sick for six months and, you know, they say I got about a month left now. You know, it's like you're, you're leaving them with such a hard blow that you, mm -hmm. you, you got you to think outside yourself sometimes. So, so what I would say to that in response to that, Fahim, is feel the, the, be upset and then reset, 
right? You can't stay there. Reset. You know, it's the natural human response to say, oh my God, I can't believe you're leaving me with all of this stuff. But you want to reset so that that person, however long they have to be with you, whatever the thing is. Um, uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman didn't tell anybody, uh, uh, uh Kendi X. Uh, said his wife was the one that noticed that he wasn't going to the bathroom as often as he should and sent him to get um a checkup. He had colon, stage three colon cancer, damn near died, right? But he was like, I'm 30 something years old. This is not, so we, we have to, it's, it's hard and people will not share and you will get angry, but get out of the anger. You gotta, there has to become a place where you say, all right, I've been angry. My husband and I were stunned. We were sitting together when he got his cancer diagnosis. We went home, climbed into bed and just hugged each other all weekend long. We were like, all right, we're just going to shut off the world. And then once we got past that, we were like, okay, now what's the next move? We got to schedule the surgery, schedule the pre-op, schedule the this, schedule the that. And we were, I was lockstep with him with people who I also knew could help me along the way. We are, the, the, the ultimate goal here for us is not just to save lives, but it's to save ourselves from ourselves. Does that make sense? We spend so yeah. much time sharing, our, t- saying things that we, you know, regurgitating things that we hear from other people and using that as, you know, God don't bless no mess, blah, 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 blah. But God, is, he gave us wisdom and he gave us grace and he gave us gratitude. Can we look at those things in the middle of all the other things that we see going on? And in a community, we are judged because we're harshly judging ourselves. So we, you know, other people, uh, Brian Dunnup was saying, the doctors are looking and going, think we are the most non-compliant people, right? They don't, they don't take the time to get to know us because they don't understand. We, we keep telling them we don't trust the system and they use the fact that we don't trust the system to write in their charts that we are non-compliant and then they don't give us the services that we could get, right? The fact that we don't uh, st- sign up for um, uh, clinical trials, another huge thing, another huge thing. Oh my God, they're going to turn me to get, yo, I need us. To say, if, if find out, do all your research, find out if the stuff is trustworthy. And if we don't become parts of clinical trials, then when they create the medicines to help people, we are not a part of that. So it work for us. Me, and then I will, that, that was another piece of a conversation that we had yesterday. And it was also um, a, a piece of a segment that I had in a, in a recent interview as well. Clinical trials save lives. And so when we're looking, sometimes you get to a point in certain treatments, specifically cancer treatments, where you may have exhausted the the preferred method, the traditional method, the first round of methods. And so then you're in a position where you say, what next? If we don't begin to trust research, do your research. I'm not saying just take someone's word for it. I went to a totally different state, flew out, totally different state for certain cancer treatment care that I needed. And so you do whatever it is that you need to do to do your research. We can be in other people's business. You will be on your ex-boyfriend's auntie, sister's mother's page and know where he showed up. But we won't take the time to research what can save our own lives. And so in that, until we begin to participate and show up where it matters, not just sitting complaining that things aren't designed for us, and the healthcare industry is not designed for us. But until we begin to say, we want treatment specifically designed for our genetics. We want things specifically designed for us to be included in research. How much money has gone into cancer research alone? Right. And, and so and we're that- pouring in, you know, we'll donate here. We'll, we'll put something here. We'll put an effort here. Um, 
some people aren't going to like this, but October is heavily saturated with pink ribbons. Everybody wants to put on their pink ribbon, their pink hat. Everybody wants to put on their pink paraphernalia and go walk in said walk. But then you won't do the research to say, because I was affected by this some way, how am I now going to address it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We don't do genetic testing. Why not? Yes. Yeah. And I went through that. I did all the te- it, it cost so much money. The insurance company would not cover it. But I said, I need to know, I, am I genetically disposed to cancer? Am I genetically disposed to this? I did the whole thing. I came on the air and told y'all I did the whole thing. Right. The other thing with the clinical testing is that there are lots of t- it's free. They don't they, they cover your costs. They cover your they, they, there's all these things available to us. But we just don't want to be a part of it. We don't want to be a guinea pig. And I get it. And history tells us. But let me tell you something. What is happening now? The folks who have the worst um thought of I, mean, I got to go to break. The first folks who have the worst thought about us will say, well, they don't want to they don't want to do it. So we're not going to try it with them. We're not we're not being offered clinical trials as a direct result. So we have to reverse that and say, what else do you have available for me? Let mm-hmm. me know. I got to take a quick break. Jesus, for four minutes past, you are listening to The Source on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media on the Diva National Holiday, honey. I am Andrea Lawful Sanders. We will be right back with the final segment of The Source and the Love is segment with Sharice Syfax, Kia Harris-Carr, and Fahim Gori right after these messages. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Welcome back to the final segment of The Source today on WURD, Progressive Black Thought Media, on air and online at wordradio.com. If you're just joining us, I am Andrea Lawful Sanders, your host, Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7 a.m. Listen up, medical industry. I know you are listening. I, my husband probably got it on in the, the, the in his hospital room. Black people, black women tend to have dense breasts. There are the regular stuff that you use to test us for mammograms don't always work for us so that by the time you find out what's going on, it's almost too damn late. We have been requesting, we have to request to have uh, a MRI mammogram. Doctors are trying to turn it down, saying it's not necessary. It is. It is absolutely necessary and will save lives. Kia, go on in here before I get myself in trouble because, you know, I'm a little pissed off. I almost cussed the Jamaican bad word. I did. I'm so sick sometimes of the way we are treated in the medical industry. Go ahead. So we we have to know when to request the something more. And again, this requires you to be prepared before you walk into that appointment. We walk in haphazardly sometimes. Oh, I got to get my boobs smushed and you're complaining. You don't want to do it. It's, it's literally the mentality of I am approaching this to live, live yeah. literally. And so in that, for, for those women that have had mammograms and you have dense breast tissue, if you have a dense mammogram, it is absolutely okay to ask for an ultrasound. Most healthcare facilities are not going to immediately offer you something that is a next step for clarity's purpose, unless you're asking for it. And so you'll get a mammogram. You'll get a letter that says your mammogram was fine. You have dense breast tissue. Okay, fine. Come back a year later. The way that I got my breast cancer diagnosis was I was told to repeat my mammogram in six months. And as a medical professional, that didn't set well with me and I didn't say anything. But by the time I had gotten to the parking lot in my car, I had already called another facility to repeat my testing. 
if you are in a healthcare facility and you're not getting lead way with what you want, you are able to call your insurance company. You're able to call directly to your insurance company, open a case. There are case managers. There are nurse navigators. There are so many resources that we don't tap into to get to what you want. And does that mean that every dense mammogram requires an MRI? Not always, not necessarily. But you want to make sure that one, you're educated yourself to know what to do as a next step. Okay, so I need to have a breast ultrasound. Okay, I need to have an MRI. And there are new technologies that are allowing new systems, new things to be created so that we can catch earlier detections. But that's because we're participating. True. And the other piece is back to that caring for the caregiver. I have not had a physical in years because I was running behind my children. And it wasn't until they went to college that I ended up getting my mammogram. And that's how I got my diagnosis. If there were any other age and not gone and not kind of, you know, me feeling responsible for them um, and, and basically sacrificing myself and not making the time for myself. I may have gone into stage two, stage three, stage four cancer. Fortunately, I caught it, you know, early, but we're back to one, just taking care for ourselves two, making time three, getting our ego out of the way and knowing that we need to, you know, have these things. And so, you know, it's just the way in which we have to navigate and love our love on ourselves. The medical industry won't. The medical industry will not. When I think about, especially when you think about some of these medical institutions that are in neighborhoods, you try to figure out like, how are they in these neighborhoods where so many black people are? Well, a lot of them were in neighborhoods where a long time ago, People who clean the hospitals needed to be able to walk to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they're in these black communities because people who clean the hospitals needed to be able to walk to work. So you have medical students coming in and that is the caste structure, if you will. So as they're thinking about care, they're not always thinking about us as a human. Yes. They're looking at us as the people that were cleaning the hospital. Yes. Yeah. So we have speak to on it. Now you want to make me speak in tongues up in here. Speak on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so we have to we have to navigate between those two spaces, not being seen as human and being very damn human. Right. And that, and asking for what the hell we need. Yeah, I'm cussing because I'm so sick of us being treated like second class citizens. And we have and to show being, up in the Yes. Being very human doesn't mean that you walk into your appointment with your Medea house coat on. That's not being very human. It means that you are taking an approach that you lead your healthcare, that you're in control. And if you don't like it, there is a wealth of doctors that look like us. But here's here's the mentality in that. Just because your doctor is black or brown doesn't mean that they're getting it right. Do your research. We are so laxed when it comes to the things that we need to be educated on and the things that we have the ability to be educated on. And so I know your segment is wrapping up, Andrea. Yeah, I, I really get all there to one encourage minute. all of you word listeners, ladies, if you have not had a mammogram, my diagnosis came at the age of 36. Let's, mm. we, I am working diligently behind the scenes for us to be more aware of dropping that age under 40. Mm-hmm. Talk to your families, talk to auntie and them, talk to, 
to to so and so, talk to Miss Mary, talk to Miss Janet, whoever you are connected to in your lineage on either parent side, get in your family business. Mm-hmm. And, and let's make that a normal. Get in your mate's business. And so whatever you do today, ladies, if you're due for a mammogram, put that mammogram on your appointment today. Yeah. Well, all right. There we go. Sharif, how can they find you? Because it's 6.55 and I got to go. You know it's worth Thursday, so you can find me at Booker's, 5021 Baltimore Avenue. Come on in. Say you listen to us on War Radio. Get your 15% off today, Thursday. Find us online, Just Facts, and www.justthefacts.com. And then, you know, me and Tracy are always right. Yes. Listen, y'all, this was the best birthday gift I could have given myself, finding solutions to the things that ails us in our community. I am going to try and have a happy birthday today. I don't know what the hell I'm going to be doing, but okay. The the Diva National Holiday has officially commenced. I love you all so much. Thank you so much. I see you uh, uh, share the page. Make sure people hear this radio show so that we can keep moving and saving lives. Coming up next is Wake Up With Word. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.